Today we are joined by Jersey Rugby Club's Ewan Davis. Literally on the first day of school in year 11, he was like walking past, introducing himself to everyone and he stopped me and he was like, li- literally as our conversation went, he said, do you play rugby? I said, ah, oh, not really. And he was like, we're going to change that. And team sports all about promotion, relegation, yeah. trophies and that's what we were missing. The weather was shocking, like windy, wet, horrible. Um, and we went out there and we ended up we ended up doing the job. And I was literally just doing a squat and I was pretty tired. Hit, hit the depth on a squat and then it all just went horribly wrong. Yes, we could probably go on to win the league this season, but a successful season for Jersey or Guernsey is based on the Siam. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sportscast Jersey. Today we are joined by Jersey Rugby Club's Ewan Davis. How are we doing, Ewan? Yeah, good, thanks, Dan. Very good. How are you, mate? Good stuff. Yeah, not bad, thanks. Not bad. Um, what we'll do is take it right to the start. Um, were you always sporty growing up from a young age? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I was really lucky, like, being... Well, super young, like my mum and stepdad, they took me away like on some like skiing holidays and stuff like that. And that always that's obviously a really good fun sport to do. Um, I absolutely loved like football growing up. So primary school, it was all kind of football really. Um, used to get taken to some like cricket lessons as well, but I was pretty pretty rubbish at that. Um, so yeah, it was it was always just football growing up. Played for the mighty St Clements, the Anchors. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and absolutely loved that. Uh, I've was a big, big into my WWE. Obviously, that, well, I thought that was a sport back in the day, but it turns out it's all just acting. Um, actually, that's it's real. It's real. It's real. Um, but yeah, and I just loved everything, mate. Really, was always out and about, like playing sports or just doing something active. Yeah, always loved it. Big Liverpool fan, aren't you? Let's talk about them. <laughs> no, no, Liverpool. Like Arsenal, me. Oh, you're Arsenal. Oh, yeah, let's not let's yeah. not talk about football then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you must be buzzing about how they're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely loving it. It's been a painful like fifteen years or whatever it's been, but um, yeah, it's good to see them. Good to see them back at the top. Yeah, good, good. Stuff. For how long though? For how long? For how long? Yeah. Um, yeah. Mem- what are your first kind of memories of rugby? Um, just when do you remember your first when you first started going and start playing? Yeah, um, my mum, my mum's Welsh, so like naturally rugby is like her favourite sport. She took me and my brother. I was probably six or seven. And she started taking me and my brother up to the rugby club then. I went for a little bit, but to be fair, it was never it, it was never something I really kind of wanted to do when I was younger. Obviously, mum would have loved me to do it from a young age, but it's something I sort of naturally found a bit later in life. Like, I played, um, yeah, I just played football, really. Like, he's played for St. Clemens Beaton. I think we used to play quite a few games of football yeah. against each other on a Sunday morning down yeah. at the Kennebe. Those are good times. Um, and then, yeah, so I didn't really find rugby until I was sort of 16, really. And and how, what made you fall in love with it at that age as well? The the big thing was so when I was at Rocky Air um, at the start of year eleven, we had John Brennan join as as a history teacher, and he was our depth head of year. Uh, and literally on the first day of school in year eleven, he was like walking past, introducing himself to everyone, and he stopped me and he was like, li- literally as our conversation went, he said, "Do you play rugby?" I said, "Ah, oh, not really." And he was like, "We're going to change that." 
And just from there, he he started doing like a school rugby session after school. And then I did play a little bit for the school in year 10, but never like seriously. I just played every now and again. Um, but then, yeah, John Brennan or Mr. Mr. Brennan, as it was back in the day, um, started after school rugby sessions. And from there, just like started to fall in love with it. He kind of made me realise that I'd be like pretty decent in the front row because I was quite a big lad. And he started teaching me sort of all the dark arts and sort of yeah. taught me all the skills. And yeah, from there, I started playing for the Rocky Air. And the year after, when I was in like sixth form at Highlands College, wherever it was, joined the rugby club then. Yeah, not a bad person. He, he was my history teacher um, throughout GCSE. Not a bad person at all to get taught and to learn the yeah. ropes off at all. Um, yeah, and the, the good thing the good thing was he just like you, you could tell how much he, he loved it and how much he cared and that sort of spread to all of us because guy I, I don't know what school did you go to? Delisel. So yeah. De- rugby is probably quite a, a bigger sport at Delisel, but when we were at Rocky Air, it was kind of that thing that you did a bit for PE and then when the fixes rolled around you'd have one or two training sessions and throw a throw a team together. Yeah. Um but then he came came in, in year eleven and he kind of made it like almost the most important sport for us in that year. Uh so his sort of passion for it came on to everyone else, which is great. Yeah, I think we had half the rugby team at one stage working at Delisel. I think we had, like, um, Tommy Turner, um, we had Rogers, we had the whole... Yeah, they're, I think they're all, they're, all, they're all still there now, those lads, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Um, I suppose from 16 then, how good was rugby on the islands to play growing up and at that age and... What were the games like? Did they? Was there a lot of games? Yeah, it was. It was really good, mate. But it was a lot different to like other sports I played. So obviously, football is all local. Every like everything you do is all local. You might get the occasional away trip. Uh, but with rugby, in in the two years I played for the Jersey Colts, which is like the under 18s you play for two years. We only I only ever played one home game. Yeah. Every game was obviously away from from Jersey, and that would come at a cost. Luckily, I was in a position where like my family could support that because they really wanted me to do it. But you know, there's probably some boys and girls out there who may not have had that sort of backing and would really love to play rugby, but just, just can't afford it. Um, so it, it was that was a, a, sort of a difference for me was that I was like the, me and my friend Mark Davies. We were the only two lads from the Rocky. Yeah, most of them were obviously other, other private school lads, really, really good lads. Um, but that was the kind of difference for me. But the games were classmate, like going away on a Sunday with all your pals. Like obviously, you become friendly really quickly in a rugby environment. And they were always really tough games, especially my first year, because we'd be playing against like the year above. So lads who were almost 18 and basically adults. So that was a bit of a wake up call from playing only against like boys in year 11. Um, but mate, it made me absolutely fall in love with it. Like every time there was a game and I was selected, I was like so buzzing and so keen for it. So, yeah, those two years in, in the Jersey Colts was kind of what cemented me playing rugby because in my first year, I was toying a bit with like a bit of football for Trinity then and playing rugby for Jersey. But then I kind of made my mind up that rugby is probably where I want to go. It's probably because I was trying to play centre mid for Trinity and getting round around the ring. So I, was, uh, I, was, I had enough of that, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, back then was when Jersey Rugby Club, it would have been back then started to really go and really push up the league who were obviously John Brennan was up there from what you've already said but who else was kind of a role model to you who did you enjoy going to watch and um from that first team or any of the coaches that you had uh quite a few people had sort of pretty significant impacts on me like especially rugby and jersey um 
Dave Felton, who is like a Jersey legend, played at hooker. He he sort of gave me a bit of work and stuff when I was in sixth form, and then kind of took me on board. And he was a fellow from Rower as well. Uh, he coached our Colts team, so he had a sort of really big impact on me there. Um, our second year of the Colts, uh, Dave McCormack, who's a teacher at Dallasell as well. He yeah. was he used to play scrum half for for the first team. He was great, like just and he was kind of what got me more into coaching, like the way he just was a great coach, but also like a decent old man manager. And he knew a lot about sort of my position and then every opposition on the pitch. He was just so knowledgeable. And yeah, he, he really was obviously cared about all the boys. So he was class. Dave, Dave McCormack for that year of Colts. And then obviously since I've stopped playing for the Colts and been an adult rugby, Miles, has had, Miles Landix just had yeah. like a, a massive impact, not just on like kind of like my rugby life, but he's helped me out just with, with loads of things that I've ever had like, if there's any personal stuff going on this isn't just for me this is for all the boys like he's there to kind of give everyone a hand be that kind of shoulders cry on almost you know yeah. that, that's how it is sometimes but he's been brilliant just his coaching as friends he, you know, he's had a, a huge impact not just on me uh, on you know countless countless boys yeah how, how big is he for Jersey rugby overall like just obviously he's groundsman as well and how how big is he as a person yeah, yeah. and yeah he's literally the heart and soul of it like he he it's his you know uh he was obviously married to Steph but I think she'll be very aware that his first love was rugby and the second love was her for sure um maybe maybe Man United falls somewhere in there as well but um he he just mate he lives and breathes it and you can tell that his, his passion for it is just you know I've never seen I've actually not really seen much like it he just absolutely loves it but you know the the, the important thing is at the moment no, it used to be kind of a bit of a one-man show when I first started playing. It was kind of just Milo, and Milo was doing basically every job under the sun. But now he's got a really good amount of support with him for the club, and that's that's really important because there's no way he'd be able to do it by himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, talk about Jersey Rugby Club now. It used to be Jersey Athletic. How big has that step up been for you, and how much have you enjoyed playing with the lads? Yeah, well, when it was... The old Jersey Athletic, it was it was really good. Um, so, but the the only difference there was we were we were in an invitational league there. So when we were Jersey Athletic, we were technically Jersey Reds Athletic under Jersey Reds, but we didn't really have any affiliation to the first team. Every now and again, we'd get a few first team players, but it was a rarity. Um, so, but we'd kind of play against other Championship second teams, some National One second teams, National Two second teams. It was quality. Like the opposition you'd play against was unbelievable. Um, but the only sort of tough thing was the league we were in. You you, you could get relegated from it, but it wasn't like a recognised league in, in like the rugby league standings. Um, so it was kind of like if, if you you weren't really scared about getting relegated, we probably were never in a position to win it. But if you, even if you did win it, there wasn't like a kind of trophy at the end of it. Yeah. So yeah. that was the kind of thing. It was class to like go away to places like Richmond and who are obviously in the championship Rams are in national one and play and like test yourself against some proper good players. I mean, we played a Coventry team in 2019, a couple of weeks before Versailles. I mean, it was effectively a, a, a championship 15 and we actually held ourselves really well. Yeah. So that stuff was cool, but it was just like the, we kind of wanted that aspiration of, because sport is obviously all about winning on the day, but then team sports all about promotion, relegation, yeah. trophies. And that's what we were missing. And that was, where it was quite hard to keep motivating boys year on year to kind of go away to the same places and keep doing the same thing. And I think for a couple of years, we all kind of wanted to change. Like I remember in 2019, there was a few talks about it, but nothing really took off. 
and and then last year um it, it all just kind of skyrocketed you know but the split was being talked about and it's perfect for both parties yeah because the reds have the reds obviously have a very professional club a full-time professional club they've got probably aspirations to be higher than where they are now and jersey needs grassroots rugby at the same time yeah so it's it's quality now that we've got the Jersey Rugby Club and the Jersey Rugby Club minis and juniors, and then we've got the Jersey Reds. Yeah. Uh, a big thing I've noticed this year is the boys who are now in the Colts or like the under 18s. When I was in the under 18s, you know, it was it was probably pretty unlikely that you were going to make it onto the Reds unless you were a, a full blown superstar because uh, it's tough, mate. Like that is such a massive jump and. The, the expectation of being a championship rugby player from, from going from the Jersey Colts is ma- a massive jump. You know, a few boys have done it, but yeah. it's a, a very small percentage. Been, but now the lads who are playing in the Colts, like we had a lad, Cam Halliwell, last Saturday. He came away with us. He's a Colts captain. He made his debut for what he sees as the first 15 in the club he plays for. Yeah. And he was on there. He was smashing blokes left, right and centre and he ended up scoring a try. And yeah, that's so- class. Like, that's what young lads want to do. So, yeah, it's really good to see that. Yeah, so it's also like um, a realistic step up in a way that they can yeah. aim for. Um, how much have you enjoyed? Well, take it back to Athletic for a second. What was your highlight game when that was happening? When you were going away against those high, high quality teams? Um, one that always springs to mind, and I'm sure all the boys will agree with this one. Um, my first year, it was probably like my my second or third actual start for Jersey Athletic. Um, on the Friday, I was in Jersey. On the Friday night, Jersey Reds played London Scottish yeah. uh, and won. And then on the Saturday morning, uh, we played against them. And basically, like, this London Scottish team that we played actually basically ended up playing the Reds in the Championship Cup a few months after. So that was it was basically like an identical 15. Um, we'd rolled up and we're like, we're basically playing a professional team and like, we are, we're in for it. But the weather was shocking, like windy, wet, horrible. Um, and we went out there and we ended up we ended up doing the job. Like we actually yeah. beat them. I think the score was like 15-12 or something in the end. But I remember we had Alex Budd, who's coaching with us at the moment. He's injured. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Anything that went towards it, he literally just like snapped it down. Uh, but that Will Fool, Fooley, we all call him Badger. I don't know why, um, but <laughs> he was he was immense. Like he's just like the hardest bloke. And then George Wilmot, who still plays now, this was like he was, this was his first year, and no one really knew much about him. And he was just like carrying the ball through brick walls. It was class. So like that's yeah. my memories of that. Is like we basically played against a pretty much professional team in the wet, in the rain, and we just basically outspirited them. And yeah. that was that. That's the, that's the game I always think about for sure with Jersey Athletic. There's loads to. There's always like honourable mentions as well. Like we went away to Cambridge and played on their first 15 pitch, and we warmed up for about two minutes because the bus was late, and then ended up winning <laughs> from a massive deficit. Yeah. Um, even 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 games we've lost, mate. Like uh, winning winning them's one thing, but like even games we've lost. I mentioned that Coventry game before in 2019. Yeah, we lost that game by 10 points, but we were playing against um, Sam. This guy, I can't remember his last name. It's escaped the top top of my head, but he played um. 12 games for the All Blacks. He was at the, uh, like, the black okay. back end of his career, but he'd actually played like 12 times for New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, the number eight who started for Coventry that day, I was I went to watch the World Cup in Japan and he was on the bench for Tonga. 
in the yeah. World Cup. So it just goes to show like the caliber of the players we were actually being put up against. Yeah, that yeah. was that was the kind of the best memories for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And just a final point, Athletic. Do you remember that first senior appearance that you made? How nervous were you going into that? Ah, uh, well, it took me a while to be fair uh, to 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 get it. I got selected in the first like first two squads of a season to go away but I don't think Marlo trusted me enough to uh, bring me on the field I wasn't I wasn't a, a proven proven warrior yet um, so I, I went away a few times but I was sat on the bench didn't go on and just kind of had the experience of going away um, and then I remember we went through a bit of, bit of a rough patch where I had a few appearances off the bench and we, we were still weren't doing too great um, but I came on it Barnes and I actually had a, a fairly decent whack when I came on and I got to start the next week against Tuna at home. And I just remember, like, because when, when you play for the Colts, you don't really have to worry about, like, your friends or family watching you because you're always playing away from home. Um, but this Tuna game, I was I got told I was going to start basically on the Sunday by Milo and the whole week I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the nerves, it's like, get yeah, so on top of you, especially because I was still only, like, 18 and, you know, you, uh, at that point, you're like, oh, these are all like basically fully grown men. Am I am I good enough to even be doing this? Um, yeah, so like, it, it, it takes a while. Like, it definitely, my, basically, the whole of my first season, every time I played, I was like really, really nervous. But then, just with more games comes just a bit of like comfortability, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that that my first start against Chin. I just remember the, the week building up to it being like, oh, you're almost like you're you're excited, but you're kind of dreading it in a way. Yeah, because you yeah. just don't want to do anything wrong. You want to, you want to prove that you're good enough to be there. But yeah, you just don't want to. You don't. You're so scared of like doing things wrong. But that's what it's all about, really. And and the older you grow, you kind of realize that the coaches know you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about your injury. Obviously, you're out for a long time. How hard was mm. that for you? What did you do first of all for people who don't know? And how hard was that both physically and mentally for you? Yeah, so it's a bit of a freak. It's got a bit of history, the injury. So I injured a disc in my back in 2018 when I was in my second year of the Colts. Uh, a disc had prolapsed and gone to a nerve, uh, my sciatic nerve. And then I got a injection and that fixed it. Uh, and it didn't really give me any jit for like any years. It was fine. And then I just signed uh, a two-year contract for, to play for Berry St. Edmunds in National 2, uh, which is like just near Cambridge. Um, bit of a bit of a random place in England, um, and I'd literally got there. I was living with my ha- my housemate Matt Bercy, and he was like, "Let's go to a gym session." Every day after I got there, and I was uh, whatever I was keen. I, I felt strong, and we were doing it. And I was literally just doing a squat, and I was pretty tired. Hit hit the depth on a squat, and then it all just went horribly wrong. My my back had just sort of seized up. I fell to the floor, and I just knew straight away something wasn't right, and Again, the disc had prolapsed back onto the sciatic nerve, but like in in a really worse way, and it, it has caused my body to almost like start kind of going to the side. Like I, I, yeah. I almost looked like a human like question mark. It was so weird, and yeah. my body was just stuck in, in such a nasty way. So yeah, that was tough, and that forced me to have to come home because I needed to have surgery. And the tough thing about being in the same professional club is, you know, if you're in a professional setup, like if I was. At Jersey Reds, for example, or any other club, you know, if it's full time professional, you get looked after, yeah, because you've got that insurance at your full time job. But when you're a semi pro, you're almost a bit of a commodity to the to the club. So if you're not working or you're injured, you're no use to anyone. So 
you kind of the, the sad thing is you kind of on your own. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had to come back to Jersey and sort of get on my um, surgery sorted over here. But yeah, it was tough, mate. Like I was in kind of constant pain for about four or five months. It was obviously tough mentally because I felt like I'd had a big opportunity taken away from me unfairly. Um, that took me a while to get over. Uh, sort of, you know, a lot of like frustration, a lot of tears. But I was pretty lucky as well, I suppose, because I'd like my, I'd obviously got my family who were class. Uh, my girlfriend Sophie was unreal throughout that time. Like she was, I, I couldn't really like I was in that much pain. I couldn't really leave the bed that much or couldn't really do too much. But she was like quality. She just like chilled with me and like made me feel better. All my mates were class, like checking yeah. in on me and stuff. I, I did, I did kind of recluse myself away a bit, but that was just kind of out of embarrassment. Um, but after it, uh, like all my mates were, yeah, they were all spot on for me, and they were all like, "You shouldn't have, shouldn't have locked yourself away. You should have gone. Should have helped." But you know, it's just yeah. when you're in that mindset, it's difficult. Like you, you just feel a bit embarrassed, feel a bit helpless, and but yeah, luckily I'm out the other end now and he's playing again. So yeah, it's buzzing. Yeah. What your, what would you say are your tips for anyone going through through an injury or anything like that? What are your like tips to get through it from your experience? Um, don't yeah, don't do what I did. I because yeah, I I I couldn't really like leave the house too much because I, I was just in so much pain. But I did have people kind of wanting to come see me, and I was a bit like I, I felt embarrassed. But looking back on it now, I should have just you know you know gotten over it. But yeah, big thing if people are, obviously if you're lucky enough to have people offering you support and offering to come see you, just take it because you will feel so much better for it. I kind of locked myself way out of kind of just feeling a bit helpless. But um, yeah, hundred percent just look at the people around you your family will, will will help you and definitely your friends as well yeah and yeah. to be fair the best thing for me is I, I just speak about it as well like even speaking about it now like makes me a bit emotional but looking back on it it was a tough time and you've i've luckily made it through and like i'm all good i can walk i can play again because honestly mate, I, there was genuinely a point where i felt like i, I wasn't gonna be able to walk properly it was yeah. that bad and yeah. that obviously plays on your mind every day but um yeah you just gotta like when you do make it through it just look back on it and just yeah wow it, it was it was a weird time but i'm happy to happy to be on the other end of it yeah for sure um what was that first game back like as well that must have been emotional to say the least or even first training session back yeah yeah i just kind of it just kind of felt like the first time doing everything again i, I, was, I was almost I hadn't, basically I hadn't played because of covid and the injury i'd almost hadn't played for two and a half years yeah. Um. So I was like, can I? I don't, don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was weird. I just took all of my stride, and I just, I just kind of enjoyed every every minute. Like the first training session back was quality. All the boys were like, sort of made me feel really, really comfortable again. Um. Luckily, I was kind of coaching that year, so I wasn't too far away from it. Um. On the other side, but yeah, it was just quality to be back. And then, yeah, <laughs> the first game, mate. I just, I, I've never not been able to breathe so badly in my life. Um. It was like. <laughs> like the height of summer i've not done anything that intense for about two and a half years but mate it was it was quality the first game was a bit of a weird one because i was kind of scared like thinking about is my body going to be able to cope with this so that first preseason game against oxford quins i was i was a bit nervous obviously coming out the end of it the day after i was like oh am i disabled yet i don't know what's yeah. happening oh, um like i was generally thinking like my back's gonna go again but um, no, it was, it was all good, mate. And then the week after when we played against Norwich, that's when I knew that my, my body could handle it. Um, so I kind of went, I felt like I went a little, little bit harder in that game. Um, but yeah, just, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm just enjoying every game. Yeah. Because um, I, I know what it's like to have it taken away from me for so long. So every time I go out there, I'm just like, well, let's just have a bit of fun. Play with yeah. Smile. yeah, for sure. And how, how good are the teammates at 
uh, at the rugby club and how much did they help you kind of feel comfortable again and want well you obviously coached but even when you came back to coach how how supportive were they, they then oh mate it, it was quality because before that i'd only really ever like coached teenagers and kids so obviously coaching adults is a completely different kettle of fish and especially when they're all your friends who you played rugby with um but i was i was kind of a bit skeptical about it all at first but they they were class like that they treated me like they would any other coach and they valued my opinion i thought and i i really valued theirs as well um and all in all it was like a really successful year and it was so good for me i think that was the biggest thing was kind of just although i couldn't play was just making sure i was involved and that's yeah. where marlo was class again that's why i've got you know, so much respect for him. He, I, I just kind of said to him, I was like, look, mate, I, I'd really love to sort of be involved just because I want to be around the lads. And he was like, yeah, mate, no worries. And, you know, he like got me straight into the coaches WhatsApp group, got me straight into all the WhatsApp groups, made me feel like part of the team, got me all the kit, got me everything sorted. And then he was kind of letting me like, run parts of the session, let me do bits on game days. So yeah, I, I was absolutely loving it, mate. And it was quite cool, really, because I was kind of thinking, like, obviously, I'm not going to be able to play rugby one day due to just being old and my body not wanting to do it anymore. Yeah. Uh, so it kind of made me think about, is this something I'd want to do maybe one day, like work-wise as well? Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. That was just quality. And then the lads, obviously, they were the most important part. They were all, yeah, just just class. Like, listen to everything we said. We had Brendan Owen from the first team as well. He came on board. Yeah. So they were just sponging it all up. We had a really good year. Like, we obviously, we won the Siam in Guernsey in November 2021. Uh, some would say the most controversial sign of all time because there's so much back and forth between the clubs. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, the players on the pitch don't really care about all that stuff between the boards. It's just about playing the game. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of I've gone away from your question a bit, but <laughs> no, yeah, the boys that. were class. You know, the boys were class. Everyone was just it, it was just an honour to be involved. Really. Yeah, you followed on into my next question, Siam. Um, oh. How how good are they, and how much do the boys and yourself enjoy it? Oh mate, it's it's mental. It it honestly is. Like I got a taste of it when I was a Colt. You play like the under eighteen Siam, and that's pretty big. Like that's that's like the last game of the junior Siam day. Um, and then wow, it, it's basically I was speaking to I was speaking to a few of the boys on Saturday before the game uh, when we played away last week, and they were, they were kind of talking about how if you're a Jersey coach and a Guernsey coach, yes, we could probably go on to win the league this season, but a successful season for Jersey or Guernsey is based on the Siam. Yeah. So even if Guernsey were to finish second or finish first in that too, you know, finish around the top four, because they have got a decent side, you know, they'd still want that. Their success is tipped on who, who wins that Siam Cup. And it's just like the craziest games playing. Um, I'm lucky to start one in 2019. I've actually got it, <laughs> got it up here. Yeah, yeah. It, ripped a lot, it ripped across the front, so I was able to keep it. But, it's just mental, mate. Like the because the rugby club's not a very big pitch. You've obviously like taken some pictures around there and stuff. Yeah. But it's that pitch with four, three and a half, four thousand people around it going absolutely nuts. And it's, it, I think it's the closest thing you can get to like modern day warfare without having guns. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's class. It's yeah. it's Jersey Guernsey, isn't it? It's, it's the rivalry that we all talk about when we're from Jersey. Um, is it a highlight of your year? When you're playing year. Oh, mate, it's the highlight. Like, winning the Siam and being involved is, like, the highlight of my life, 100%. Yeah. Like, involved as 2019, winning it as a player was, like, just mental. Like, such a good feeling. Felt so good to be involved in that. 2021 as a coach, we won that, and that was, again, crazy. But 
on the flip side, the highest high, obviously, winning it, but then like losing it is just the worst as well. My first one as a player, I came off, my first one senior one, I came off the bench for about five minutes, but we, we'd lost that day. Um, and obviously last year was, you know, tough for us. We we got absolutely pumped in both fixtures. We went away. Obviously, they came over here and put 60 points on us. Uh, we went away to them and we had a really good first half. We were, we were in the game, but then just, you know, they just ran away with it. And... You know, uh, hopefully it's going to be a lot more competitive this year. That, that's what we're aiming for. It's kind of gone full circle. You know, like back 10 years ago, Jersey were running away with it by 70 points and then all the rules were brought in. Uh, and then it was, to be fair, mate, like it was, I think with the rules that were in place, it was very balanced. Obviously, Guernsey now a semi-pro team and us is the athletic and now the rugby club are completely amateur. So it, we, we are going to need some professional involvement to just make sure the game is kind of balanced in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I when I played the one in 2019, we had four lads from the Reds, and, you know, we won by 10 points, but on the day, it was a proper, like, proper battle, proper ding-dong. Like, it, it was a really good game. And then the yeah. one we won in November 2021, we had um, Will Lane, Max Ayling, and Barda Pretorius play for us from the first team. You know, none of them had played any minutes in the championship that year. They were all... 2021 like they were basically in the same position as most of these Guernsey players and again we won by one point yeah yeah so like it was fairly balanced and then you know the boards have had like big arguments and the rules last year where we weren't allowed to play any professionals and everyone who wanted to play had to currently be living in Jersey so like that meant someone like Luke Stratford who's born in Jersey couldn't play because he didn't live in Jersey currently yeah, yeah. so that obviously made it quite tough for us but we fronted up we were like look we don't care you know, we're, these boys who all play deserve this. And we actually think, you know, there's plenty of talent in here. So let's go and have a go. Obviously, went didn't go well for us. We got absolutely humped. But it is what it is. We boys were honoured to put the shirt on. But I just hope that, you know, like I don't think the Guernsey players care too much about it. We don't care too much about it. Everyone just wants to have a good game. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what it's all about, 100%. So, yeah, there's been a lot of sort of stuff in the press and stuff going back and forth. But at the end of the day, it's all about, like, us having our time spending the time cup, those guns you'll have having their time spending the time cup, and that's what it's all about, mate. Yeah, for sure. Um, quickly, with a few minutes to go on the podcast, what would make obviously promotion is the aim for you guys this season? What's the aims for the future as well? Well, the, the, the aim of the club is just to make sure that amateur rugby is happening in Jersey and it's sustainable and we're kind of financially in for it. I think that I, I can't, I mean, I can't imagine Jersey Rugby Club ever get to a position where we're like a semi-pro team, we pay players. I think we'll get to a decent standard. So we're currently at level seven. I think around level five, amazing if we ever got to level four. Um, but that would be class for us just to have, you know, be bringing in some iconic classic rugby teams to Jersey, be flying over there to play them. It, it, that, I think that's what we need. We need proper competitive fixtures week in, week out. That would be class. Yeah. Um, and final question. Do you play prefer playing home or do you like the away days? Oh, home every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Away days might be a bit different if it was just a bus journey, but obviously the flights are a bit tough. Um, but mate, no, nah, nothing beats playing at home. I think I think every everyone would say the same. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Thank you, Ewan. Thank you for coming on. Um, it's been a class podcast. Covered a lot there, so thank you.
Yeah, cheers, Dan. Thank you very much, mate. Sweet. That was Sportscast Jersey with Ewan Davis. Um, another episode will be out shortly. <laughs>